Welcome to All Are Welcome, an Evergreen Christian Church podcast. Today, we have a sermon for you. Please join us in listening. Our scripture reading comes from 1 Kings 19, verses 4 through 9. While he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, he came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. All at once an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. He looked around and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank, strengthened by that food. He traveled forty days and forty nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. There he went into a cave and spent the night. It's the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. This is the story of Elijah. Elijah spoke out against the seventh king of Israel, King Ahab. King Ahab had married Jezebel, a priestess of the Canaanite god of rain and thunder and lightning, Baal. King Ahab built a temple to Baal, which brought many priests and prophets into Israel, including, it seems, the Israelite prophet Elijah. And while there was economic prosperity and relative peace for Israel, tensions started to rise between the Yahweh-worshipping Israelites and their king, King Ahab. Because King Ahab had enabled the worship of the Canaanite god Baal, Elijah was a dutiful prophet. He decided to confront King Ahab, and King Ahab started calling Elijah the troubler of Israel. So surely, Elijah reminded him that the Israelites and God had a covenant with one another. The Lord is their God, and the Israelites are his people. And Ahab had abandoned that covenant, worshipped a false god, and had set the Israelites up for God's abandonment. And surely, Ahab did not take kindly to that. So Elijah challenged the Canaanite god Baal. He told King Ahab that they will face a severe drought so bad that dew will not even form. Quite a challenge to the god of rain. And that this will be the consequences of their actions until they repent from their ways and follow God. Surely the god of rain could prevent a drought. And then Elijah flees into exile, and there in his exile he meets a widow and sees the effect that the drought has put upon his people. He knows that the drought is still happening because this widow does not have enough food. And although the widow does not have enough food, Elijah insists that he eats her food and that he will multiply that which he eats. But the widow's son is dying of starvation And when Elijah eats the food, he dies. Elijah resurrects him. But he knows that eating meant that her son had to die. That's how severe the drought is. 
Later in his exile, he meets the head of King Ahab's household, Obadiah, a man who is still faithful to Yahweh. Obadiah saved a hundred Israelite prophets from Jezebel's purge of the prophets. And there, Elijah finds the courage to confront Ahab and the prophets Baal again. So Elijah calls the people up to Mount Carmel for a demonstration. He has two slaughtered bulls ready for sacrifice. And gathered there are 450 prophets of Baal. And he tells them to call on Baal to light a fire for a sacrifice. And they attempt from sun up until the afternoon and nothing. Elijah then douses his altar in water four times to the point where the ground around it is soaked. And he calls upon the Lord and the fire lights instantly. The people believe and they repent. And then there on the horizon forms a small cloud that grows and eventually blackens the sky and drenches the land in rain, quenching the long drought. Their belief has restored Israel. And so a messenger goes and tells King Ahab and Jezebel of all that has happened. And Jezebel is infuriated. And sends Elijah a messenger threatening Elijah's life. And Elijah, afraid, runs away. Elijah has been through a lot. He has witnessed his people turn from the God he serves and suffer severe drought for their disobedience. He witnessed the suffering the drought had put upon his people by staying with the widow and watching her son die. When he returns to confront Ahab, he learns about the slaughter of the prophets. And even after convincing the Israelites to turn back to God, he flees in fear of his life, but for good reason. Those 450 gathered prophets, he slayed them. And he came to regret this act of violence, declaring himself no better than his ancestors. You could say that Elijah had a bad time and was probably very cranky. So cranky, in fact, he goes into the wilderness, a place of death, because he wants to die. I imagine that during the drama and the trauma and the flight and the worry and the hiding and everything else that's going on for Elijah, he was living on adrenaline. There's no time to think when you're running for your life and the adrenaline of such a dangerous situation makes you block out everything else going around, around you and the adrenaline ran out and the exhaustion hit. Surely you've seen this in your life or experienced it yourself. Where an intense situation occurs, a death or a sudden or acute illness in the family, a fire or a car accident or some kind of dangerous situation, and somebody there becomes hyper-competent and they start over-functioning. And it seems they're unfazed by the grief or unaffected by the present danger or even ignoring their own harms and wounds to get whatever needs to be done, done. And sometimes it doesn't even have to be this intense or significant. Sometimes it is much simpler than that. Sometimes it's just a month or a week of really long work days or 
leading a week-long retreat or crunching to get a deadline done. Sometimes it's spending a long period of time with somebody who gets on your nerves. And so the whole time you're in this situation, you're working at 100% capacity. You're doing everything that needs to be done. You crunch, you meet the deadline. You even act pleasantly towards that irritating person. And everything that needs to get done in this time of stress gets done. And then the collapse happens. Oftentimes you'll see that the person who is highly functioning during the time of stress or crisis will collapse when everything is done. When the adrenaline stops pumping, when the need to get everything done is no longer there, when the hyper-focusing is gone, there's a collapse. There's a realization of everything going on, including the feelings of somebody's own body. Adrenaline makes your heart pump faster. It makes you breathe faster. It maximizes your blood glucose levels. And all of that increased body function actually exhausts your, your, your body. But the byproduct of adrenaline is that you do not feel how exhausted you are. Your body is expending extra energy, but it cannot feel how exhausted it is until the adrenaline runs out. Then the crash happens. You stop blocking out your body's signals, and so your body feels the exhaustion. Your brain realizes how tired it is, and it hits hard. I suspect this is how Elijah experienced this moment in the wilderness. After all the overfunctioning, after asking God to perform miracles, after fleeing for his life not once but twice, and it says that Ahab out he that Elijah outran Ahab's chariot into the wilderness. Elijah must have experienced the crash. He must have had no more adrenaline. And so mortified and so traumatized and so demoralized that he felt he had no life left in him to live. He wanted to die. And then God sends a message to him. God does not kill Elijah as Elijah requests. Elijah takes his rest in the wilderness his exhausted, weary, collapsing. And God sends an angel. Eat, the angel says. Drink, and then go to sleep again. And surely enough, God has provided the baked bread and the water. The angel again talks to Elijah. Eat and drink and get your rest. You need to restore yourself for the road ahead of you. And after Elijah eats and rests, he walks 40 days and 40 nights and enters into a cave. And this is the time when Elijah is ready to listen to God. On the Sunday that I preached this, our church went to a ball game together. And some people might ask why the church is going to a ball game. And my response would be because it's fun, and it was fun. We got to see a Grand Slam. We have to support our Rockies, even if they're 20 games back. But also I believe that going to the Rockies game together is something beyond just fellowship. It's a kind of holy work of preparing us to listen to and to answer God. 
God tells Elijah that he must take care of himself. When Elijah wants death, God makes Elijah partake in the things that give life. Food, water, rest. And once Elijah has partaken in those things that give life, he is able to have the strength to go where he needs to go. Once he has partaken in those life-giving things, he's ready for that journey ahead. Once he takes care of himself, he no longer yearns for death that he sought just days before. As somebody once put it on Facebook, get a snack and take a nap, Elijah. You're going to feel better. It is good and holy work for us to take care of ourselves, to get ready for the journey ahead by doing the things that give us life. For Elijah, it was literal food and water and rest. And for us, it may be literal too, taking the time to sleep after an exhausting week, having a hearty meal after a day of hard work, but it may also be those other things that give us life. Watching a ball game on a sunny day, spending time with grandkids, watching a movie, reading a book on a lazy afternoon, getting coffee with somebody you truly appreciate and love. Friends, let us prepare for the journey ahead. And in the midst of doom and gloom, and surely there is enough doom and gloom to go around, when we are burnt out and exhausted and the adrenaline has stopped pumping, let's take care of ourselves. Eat a good meal. Take a nice nap. Read a good book. Watch a good movie. Go to a ball game. Play a board game. Do something which gives you life. Get ready for the journey ahead. Take your nap, get your snack, take care of yourself. Because that is the holy work of preparing yourself so that you can hear God speaking to you. Amen.